Hello, um, this is Faye from the Crochet Circle podcast and today I'm joined uh, uh, with Lindsay who is the owner of Phoenix Occupational Health. Hi. Hello, thank <laughs> you for coming and being part of this. You're welcome. I do interviews every now and then, it's quite an infrequent thing because I like to do interviews with stuff that's really helpful or, you know, mm-hmm. it's not an interview for the sake of an interview and I think the information that you can pass us over today is really helpful that helps massively that you are a crocheter yes do you want to show off your um oh um i made some mittens um i do a lot of festivals and um these took me a long time um and i did have a lot of help with them um but yeah I was quite proud of these. You're a massive blanket crochet, aren't you? Yes, lots of blankets, like super king size blankets. Yeah. Um, stuff that doesn't involve counting. Um, stuff that you can do with mad kids running around and dogs yeah. and stuff that I can take with me to campsites and stuff as well. You have a very busy life. Yeah, yeah, that's an understatement. I it think. is, isn't it? <laughs> so um, one of the other reasons that I was really keen to have Lindsay on is because you're an entrepreneur as well. You've yeah. got your own company. Yeah. And you employ quite a few people locally, yeah, and to town now. Yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. Um, given your backstory, and I'm going to ask you questions oh. about <laughs> about that in a minute. Okay. Um, but actually, I find your story really inspirational. Um, yeah. yeah, it's mm. it's nice to have you on, and like I said, the fact that you crochet as well is just even better. <laughs> so, can you tell <clears throat> us how you came to be in occupational health? Um, so I was in the Royal Navy um, so I joined the Royal Navy in 98 and I joined specifically for the purpose to do my nurse training yeah. um, so prior to that I just finished um, A-levels and took a year out because I didn't know what I wanted to do really I, I did quite well in my A-levels but didn't get the grades that I needed to become a physiotherapist which is what I really wanted to do um, so joined the Navy and through the process of being in the military I then got injured yeah. and I had to work in adjusted duties to, to carry on so I know how you got injured, and I think you probably need to say how it is that you got injured. Matthew was telling me last night. Oh, right. Um, this is quite full on. Well, I don't really speak about it normally. But, um, okay, so um, in basic training, um, you you just have to get on. That's, yeah. And that's they, they kind of break you and then make you. Um, so, um, yeah, the reason I got injured was I was running, and this, I don't want the, the military to come after me no, for, for no. saying anything, but basically um, I was you have to run with boots on. The boots are very heavy. Um, and so you, you have to have a certain level of fitness when you join, when you start, and then they build on that level of fitness. Um, so I was running with heavy boots on and got lots of shin splints. Um, and then I was doing an assault course um, carrying a, a big log. I think it was in the region of 25 kilos. A 25 kilo log? <laughs> Not by myself. There was a team of but us. Yeah. Um, and we were running along a wall. Um, so we were trying to hold this log and trying to run on the wall. Um, and then you have to jump off at the end. And as I jumped off, I landed flat-footed and both my arches um, in my feet just went. Yeah. Um, and my Achilles tendons kind of snapped as well. Um, not completely, partially. Um, but then I just got up and carried on because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, and so had some time in, in air casts and things, but this is basic training. And if you, and you've got six weeks in which to pass, and if you don't yeah. pass, you don't get on the university course and you don't get a career yeah. and all this. So basically just took loads of painkillers and just carried on and went through, carried on. Yeah. And they basically said I shouldn't have done that, but yeah. just wanted, I just, I was so goal focused and I'd got to get, I got to get out of basic training to get my career. Yeah. Um, 
once I did that and qualified, it's because I did manage to carry on, run a mile and a half in 13 minutes. I would have, I'm so impressed <clears throat> by that. Ugh. I would have been down crying. I don't even know how I did it looking no. back now. I don't know. I must have just been in a, in a different world. You're very focused and tenacious, yeah. aren't you? Stubborn. Or, yeah. <laughs> focused and tenacious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, once I, qual- once I got out of basic training, then they said to me, um, basically, take a year off. Don't do any exercise. Let things heal. Have insults for your shoes, um, and just let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, but basically, I got a diagnosis of something called compartment syndrome, which is where the every bit of muscle sits inside a fascia or a skin, um, and my fascia was so badly scarred during basic training that every time you have oxygen demand, so you do anything, in your, your your muscles will grow they don't stretch yeah um so now um in my shins and in my calves if i do any exercise and by exercise i mean stand up for more than 20 minutes or you know walk for probably longer than 20 minutes i get cramps and i get pain um and if i continued for example if i went on an exercise bike or a treadmill i start to get numbness in my toes Mm. um and they start on my little toes and they work in because that blood supply is being compromised um because the muscles are trying to swell and they can't um, and also it puts pressure on the nerve as well. So, um, yeah, I've been told I can't do exercise. Um, so I put loads of weight on and that made things worse. Um, but, yeah, ended up being dismissed from the military because of the injury yeah. um, and had to go through occupational health. And that's where I first had my taste of occupational health and thought, wow, this looks like the career I want to do. Yeah. And also because you're not standing up at the end of a patient's bed or working in A&E, which is my background, um, you can do a job nine to five, Monday to Friday, ish yeah <laughs> um she does not do the, the issues of quite a broad band of ish really yeah but if you were working in the nhs or, or in for another provider then you would be very much you know nine to five you'll see eight to ten patients a day you're sat at a desk and you're more of a consultant yeah um so that's why i got into occupational health and how what was the time skill for that so joined the navy in 98 left in 2004 Went to work for the prison service for 12 months in between times. I told it. Interesting background. <laughs> and then started working um, at the end of August 2004 for an occupational health company. Um, then um, you have to do another three-year degree. So I've got my nursing degree and then there's another three-year degree on top of that. Um, and then started my own company in 2011. Oh, and in between times I had a few kids as well. Yeah. How many children? Three. Three children. Mm. First one's 2006, then 2010. And then 2012. So within that time frame, you're also building up what you want to do and your own company. Yeah. And yeah. occupational health is it for you. You have yeah. really found your niche, haven't Definitely. you? Definitely. I love it. We we support people to stay in work with really severe problems like cancers, ME, um, Parkinson's, things like that. So people who you would probably look at and think, wow, I don't know how you can stay in work. Yeah. Pretty much like myself as well. Yeah. You know, I, people would look at me and say, we've well, got a disability. Why are you still working? But work is an outcome as in it's a health outcome being in work is good for you yeah um people who are off sick they get depressed they get financial problems and it just spirals yeah. you know and it's then a you real start, snowball isn't it yeah. you just another thing and another thing and another yeah. thing yeah so um on the nhs agenda and on the government agenda here in the uk work is a health outcome uh, they really want people to go back to work and that's yeah. why there's a push now to get people off of benefits yeah and it's because there's a very direct link there I think also into like mindfulness as a word but really it's about kind of mental agility and keeping yourself focused on things and doing things that allow you to just breathe almost and and 
that's where the crochet bit of it comes in for me and that just Definitely. and I know that from um so we have an amazing bunch of people that watch and listen to the podcast and they're called the crochet clan <laughs> okay and I know because we are a real community within the crochet clan I know that there are lots of people um that are in similar positions that can't work whether that's through chronic illness or um because they've got issues with abilities mm -hmm. and um crochet is a real release for them it's something that they can do and something that yes. they can focus in on mm -hmm. but that can bring its own issues with the the physicality of crocheting yeah actually i think lots of people think that it's just you just sat there and there's not a lot of movement mm -hmm. but it is actually quite a physical process yeah, definitely just just to go back on what you said about the mindfulness so i I'm not superwoman and I accept I'm not superwoman and there, there have been times in my life where I've had um, mental illness um, I had post-traumatic stress and postnatal depression after the birth of my child, my, uh, Logan the first child um, and I, I found crochet so good to that's when I started because yeah. um, I was sat at home with a young child who was constantly on I was breastfeeding so constantly on me and I was like what else can I do yeah. um, so when he finally fell asleep I was able to just do little granny do squares crochet. and things yeah. like that and and kind of the repetitiveness of it and the achievement yeah. really helped and I, I had a, a bout of depression I think um in 2014 and when I went to see my doctor he said you must crochet at least once a day love it yeah because he knew that that was a passion yeah. for me and it was a time when if you start doing something that you like and that you get pleasure out of yeah your levels of adrenaline in the body will reduce, your levels of endorphin will increase, and you actually feel better. Yeah. So, yeah, go back onto that. What was the other question? <laughs> I can't remember. The physicality of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it is quite a physical thing, um, <clears throat> I, I guess, depending on how you crochet. Mm. And, you know, some people will say there's a right way to crochet and a wrong way to crochet, and I would say whatever way you do it yeah. is the right way that's yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, but mine is quite a physical thing, you know, my arms yeah. are stretching out and I'm moving, I try and consciously move quite a lot when yeah. I'm crocheting, so yeah. I'm not just sat huddled in one position. That's exactly right. So when we go into industry and we're looking at um, manufacturing processes, you know, we're really conscious about repetitive strain injury. Yeah. Now, repetitive strain injury is is any kind of injury that happens when you do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So obviously crochet is, is the same thing. Even though you're changing your stitches up, it is still the same movement. And I'm a bit the same as you in that when I'm always trying to get more yarn and I'm pulling and things like that. So that my left side's great, but yeah. my right side is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, so um, a little bit of science behind um, repetitive strain is that when your muscles, um, when your cells inside your muscles respire, they do what they're supposed to do. They, they pass oxygen onto the, you know, from the blood to the muscles and then back again. Mm -hmm. That's called cell respiration. A byproduct of that is lactic acid. Um, it's normal, it's there, it's what happens. But if you get a buildup of lactic acid in the body, that's when you start getting achy. Right. And that's when you start getting achy and you start feeling that, that's when you're more at risk of injury. And the way you get rid of lactic acid is the muscle contracts and then it releases and it's gone. Right. If you aren't contracting that muscle and releasing it, it's going to build up. Okay. So, for example, if you're holding your crochet hook and then you're doing a job and that thumb doesn't move, that's building up yeah. lactic acid. So every now and again, you need to release it, move it and put it back on again. And so it's all about rotation of tasks and just being aware. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And are you actually moving? Yeah. Having gross movements, which is big movements versus fine yarn movements. out movement. Yeah. 
that's great yeah. because you're resetting everything. It's almost like wiping the slate clean with the lactic acid. Yeah. But it's perhaps your hands that's doing the stitches and holding the hook. That's the one that's not doing so many because you're just ripping. So all of your wrist, your thumb, your fingers, they're all in one position. Um, so it's really good to, to be conscious of that. Right. So one of the things I was thinking about as we were talking is that, as I've said, because I um, I hold my yarn, I'm one of those oh, people. Weird. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm one of those. So I hold my hook and my yarn in my right hand. Mm. So I don't have that much movement with my left. I guess I probably have more than most because I'm bunching the fabric up mm. with it. So while we were talking, I was thinking, well, if I was doing that, and I always try and overextend the movement for pulling more yarn out. So I'm. I think of it almost like a ballet dancer. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, the official would say plie, which is not. But like, I overextend yeah. it and make it fancier than it needs to be. That's me all over. I should then probably just do the same movement with my other arm. If and if could. I'm doing it for one, pretend and do it with the other as well. Yeah, and it's you don't want to make things even more complicated. And you want to do something that's going to become a habit. Because yeah. if, if you have to think about doing it, you probably forget. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to sit for a few hours and do it, then again, it's not going to be very good for you. Um, but yeah, anything that's got a gross movement is going to be better than having a fine movement. So that the smaller movements. Um, I can only probably crochet for about 20 minutes at a time. Wow, that's such a reduced... I mean, yeah. I, would, I can crochet for eight hours. That's a job. <laughs> I know. It, well, it is a job. <laughs> that's you know, that's the point. And it is, it is my job. So, if you were in industry and you were, and I was walking into you in a factory and that was your job, yeah, we would have very, very strict guidance on how you were to do it. Because if somebody's asking you to do that, they've got a responsibility yeah. for health and safety. Just because you're doesn't doing it at home doesn't mean it doesn't. Mean, so, okay. So yesterday, I probably <laughs> sat easily for four hours. Okay. What would you want me to sit? So I've got two positions I tend to sit in. Yeah. One is um, a very upright position, and I've got probably three locations that I work from within my house and my office, and I always try and make sure that it's a very straight back and that my bum is at the back of my seat. So that's when my feet are on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then I have like a legs up position, and I might be on the exact same seat, mm -hmm. but my feet will be up on the sofa or up on the bed. And I try and do the same and have that right angle mm -hmm. from my basically my bottom and my leg extension up my back. Mm -hmm. So, what let's for you know, instance, say that I'm going to sit and do that for four to eight hours in a day. What would you tell me to do? Because I know that there are lots of people out there that um, don't do this for a job, but they will crochet for that length of time in yeah. a day and sometimes more. Okay. So you shouldn't sit for longer than 45 minutes. Okay. So whether that's get up and get a drink or go to the toilet or go and do something else. So yeah. 45 minutes, you have to have a break. Sitting straight up is not always the best thing. Um, so if you can slightly recline. Okay. Yeah, that would be better. The reason that you have to recline more when you've got your legs up is because there's more pressure on your spine. Right. Um, so if you imagine your spinal cords from your head all the way down to your toes, and if it's under pressure and it's being stretched, it doesn't like it. So if you if you put your legs up, you have to put your back up. Yeah. Yeah, because if you were to squeeze in the middle, um, it just congest everything. Okay. Um, so sitting, great. It, I, I would be more worried about your arms and shoulders and your neck. Right. Um, because obviously you're looking down. You can be down, yeah. Yeah, so um, get yourself comfortable. Everybody's back's different. Um, some people got a really large lumbar curve. Um, so if you find that you're 
feeling a bit achy, again, put some support in there with a cushion. Um, so just get yourself comfortable. There yeah. is no, using a, a computer and sitting at a desk, yes, there is a very specific way you're supposed to sit. But yeah. when you're doing something like crochet, which is very um, relaxing, you know, you just want to get yourself comfy. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget, if, if you're doing something now and you're crocheting and you're fine and you don't have any issues, don't change it. Then it's not an issue. Yeah. yeah. But if you're starting to get niggles and aches and pains, then probably want to look at what you're doing so yeah. get yourself comfortable either legs up or legs down but do not sit in that position for longer than 45, 45 minutes. minutes and and if you start to get niggles and aches and pains then then less yeah but equally what you shouldn't do is sit for 45 minutes and only be moving your wrists and your yeah. arms so you, you we do fidget as people you know we do um so just keep fidgeting keep moving don't sit <laughs> so in my head and this will mean something to everybody do you remember the film gregory's girl no. Oh, some of you will. There's a bit where they're under the tree and they're lying down and they're just pretend dancing as they're lying down. Oh, so maybe okay. that's what I need to do with my feet. Yeah. Or like um, when you give blood, you're meant to keep yeah. your circulation pumping, aren't you? If you're you? on a plane as well, plane, same thing. So yeah. it's that same thing. Perfect. Just you, It's not massive movements. No. It's almost like wiggle a little toes. mini paddle, yeah. isn't it? Okay. Yeah, wiggling your toes, moving your feet. Some people joke that they walk across the Atlantic when they're in an airplane. And I think the biggest risk, if I was to look at it as a task analysis, so the biggest risk that crochet that are under I think is from neck pain yeah um, because you're looking down all the time um and if you can you need to have um things around you like I don't know if the, if the tv's on in the background how many crocheters have watched a whole film on Netflix and never yeah. actually seen any yeah. of the characters because you're just constantly looking down um I do that all the time um but you know look up look out of a window change the position yeah. and you have to think be conscious about that um if you can get your work up so like put a cushion on your lap yeah get your so you can rest your arms it's one of the best positions is tucking your elbows in so you're isolating okay. you like um and that gives you you a really good base to do your, to do the work but then you don't want this to be not moving at all yeah so when you Which, actually if it was yeah you would have a lot less movement yeah yeah. So it's it's really difficult because you, you want to focus on the task, which is the crochet. And to do that, it's best to tuck your elbows in and do and bring it to you maybe with a cushion and do the work. But during that process, there's also a different process of getting your yarn again, yeah. changing your tension and whatever else. So it is really dynamic. And actually, if you were to replicate, this is why we don't get crochet goods on the market, isn't yeah. it? You know, because it's it's a skill. It's lots of different movements, lots of different things to consider. If you've got aches and pains, though, you have to look at what have you yeah. got to change. So is it your neck that's hurting? How many times do you look up from your crochet? How long do you sit for when you crochet? Because really, you shouldn't be sat for longer than 45 minutes. minutes. So one of the questions that we had from the crochet clan was, if there's a, an amount of time that you should be crocheting for, how should the break? How long should the break be? Um, I think it depends on each person. Um, it's better to have lots of little breaks than one big one, I yeah. think. Um but then if you've got pain, then it might be that you want to go and take some painkillers or because, you know, d different people have got pain tolerances and some yeah. people have got chronic pain illnesses. And I'm yeah. not saying go and take a load of painkillers just to do crochet. Yeah. But if you know that you've got arthritis or, or issues and you need to go and take your painkillers, then let them settle in and let them you know, take effect 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, there's no point doing it if it's going to cause more problems. Um, but the benefits of doing the crochet obviously are going to give you lots of mental support and, and you know give you something to focus on that's other than the pain. Yeah. Um so a break of at least five or ten minutes, I would say. Um but as long as you're changing it up and yeah. moving things around, you should paddling. be paddling your feet, yep. yeah, you should be fine. Okay. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> need to get better at taking breaks. I've been um my niece has been over here a lot over the last 
three months studying and that's been really quite healthy because the way that we've set it up is that she studies for 50 minutes and then she gets a 10 minute break ah, okay. and at the beginning of that 10 minute break i will have already made her a cup of tea yeah. so it's been really healthy for me because it means i'm pulling myself away from my computer or my crochet to make there sure that go. i'm sorting her out and i think i probably need to just extend <laughs> that to my so you'll look after so, your niece better yeah. than you look after yeah, yourself. Always typical, but yeah. And isn't that what we do though? We do. we're very good at verbalising it for others, and so you know what you should be doing. Yeah, you just don't. Do I it. just don't do it because I think you'll understand this. But I'm so task orientated that everything else goes out of the window, yeah. and it's like no, no, I have to get, or I just have to get to the end of this role, yeah. or I just have to get to the end of this section. Yeah, I'm so focused on getting to the end of a yeah. bit yeah. that I will everything else will go out of the window and yeah. I think I need to realign my thinking to be healthier at crochet and knitting yeah. and the well, crafting I do. It, it's your job yeah. and if you were in um, a, a factory you would be made to rest yeah. and, for, and, you know, and, you, and you would just do what you were told to do. So you've got a greater responsibility now to look after yourself yeah. because there's nobody that's looking after you, yeah. just you. So, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it and I think that also is something for everybody that's listening and watching to take on board as well is that actually even if it's not your job like I said I know plenty of people that will spend huge amounts of time crafting whether that's at a sewing machine embroidery crochet knitting and they need to be their own boss and yeah. their own taskmaster on taking breaks and looking after themselves yeah definitely. because it's great to crochet for the mental agility but the physical side of it has to be balanced out as well yeah definitely and and I find I do a lot of crochet in the car um usually on car journeys when husband's driving um and I always notice when I've been on a car a long car journey because I've got quite lots of aches and pains yeah because I normally crochet for 20 minutes that's as long as my kids will let me do um or you know some emergency in the house yeah um but when I'm on a car journey it could be two hours and I'm just chip, you know chip chip you chipping along go. and then I'm thinking oh why, why have I got an ache yeah. why, what's happening and it's because I've done a bigger stretch than I was used to so if you are like you can do it for eight hours and, and you're fine if I was to do eight hours I'd, I'd be an agony yeah so if you know that you've got a project coming up and you want to build up your tolerances then just do it five or ten minutes longer every single day because yeah. it's the same as exercise you have to just build up to it um and still take the kind of 10, 15, 20 yes. minute breaks in between and then another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you can manage to do an hour, but you know, oh, you've got a project that you want to get done and then the day somebody's birthday or a christening or something. <laughs> Which we're always very good <laughs> at leaving things to the last minute exactly. and having that deadline looming for a gift, something that exactly. we want to crochet to give away. It's Christmas. It's, Christmas yeah. um, giving of crochet items. Actually, there are two key things. Christmases and the end of the school year the oh, number okay. of things that you see on Instagram where people are bashing out yeah. um, teacher presents yeah. so actually yeah so Plan that's it. coming up Plan yeah in because little little and often is better than one big chunk because else yeah. you might find that actually when you then pick up your hook the next time you're in pain yeah and then you might have to leave it for a while so one of the other areas I know um Lots of my fellow podcasters, actually, who tend they tend to do a lot of crochet. So I'm thinking of um, Clarissa Beth in particular, who's um, Crochet Hates podcast. She gets a lot of issues with her elbows, mm. and then it might wipe her out for like yeah. weeks on end where she can't crochet anymore. Yeah. Is there anything that could specifically because we've talked a lot about wrists? Mm -hmm and neck and how you can do that is there anything specifically that would help with the elbow side of things 
Oh, so elbow pain is um, <clears throat> epicondylitis and you've got lateral and medial, so one on the outside and one on the inside. And it, they, they're also known as golfers and tennis elbow. Yeah. And the reason we get those problems is because the nerves run very close to the bone right. um, and there's not a lot of padding in those areas. Yeah. So, <laughs> there is no. <laughs> so um, you can you find some people lean, um, either leaning on a desk like that or leaning on an arm of a chair. Um, and so whoever's getting elbow problems, just consider, are you doing a leaning thing? And if so, put some padding underneath right. it. Um, because sometimes we can get trauma in those areas just through leaning. Right. And then it creates inflammation. The other thing is that um, what the movement that causes those problems is a grip and a twist. Right. If you think about it, gripping your crochet hook and twisting, twisting. that is the movement that creates the epicondylitis. Yeah. Um, so less of a grip releasing it i don't know how many people i'm like yeah you know and if you're also concentrating on a new pattern or a new thing you're like you know really jabbing at it um so less of a grip and try not to do as much of a twist yeah um and regular breaks um you can apply uh, topical um, anti-inflammatory creams okay. things like that sometimes heat can help sometimes heat makes it worse again it depends on what you're like as a person yeah. um so to summarize don't lean don't grip and don't twist but then that means you're not going to so you're not going to be crocheting so yeah. just mod do it in moderation yeah. yeah and i guess if you if you feel it then either try the top and topical is going to be better than taking like ibuprofen as a pill yeah i i'm not obviously here to give um, prescription advice but the way i see it is if because of that area because it's so bony and the nerves are right there and the yeah. inflammation is right there then the topical anti-inflammatories are really useful yeah they, they're really effective if you're going to take a tablet it's got to go through your whole system it's going to affect your stomach and it, you know if you're going to be using it long term yeah. it can cause it and you may as well just target it just, to just where it's actually it. required yeah, yeah. it's okay. really good for elbows yeah um, you know because well, it's really obvious where it is, um, yeah. and and it can penetrate through really yeah. easily. Okay, that's really good. And then, so you talked about heat as well. Can a cool pack have a similar yeah. effect? I'm just thinking a lot. A lot of listeners live in the US and Canada, and have very different climates. So the mm. idea of having a heat pad on you might yeah. just be overwhelming if you're, you know, in the Floridian sunshine. Yeah. Um, whereas a cool pack might be a slightly different approach to it. Yeah. So if you look on any of the physiotherapy websites online, um, there's it's called hot and cold therapy. Yeah. So the theory behind it is if you've got an injury then you use the cold to remove the bad swelling and then you encourage good swelling with heat. So it doesn't have to be a hot, a hot pack, yeah. but it could be some kind of massage or rubbing oh, okay. yeah. or um, sometimes you get like, like tiger balm that increases blood flow and things like that. So as long as you do the cooling and then you do the warming, it doesn't matter how it happens. Yeah. In this country, yeah, we're, we get cold, wet, horrible weather and a nice hot water bottle. Yeah, we love a hot water bottle. <laughs> I think probably Britain sells more water bottles than any other country. <laughs> or you can get wheat packs and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I know what you're, I know exactly what you're saying. But if you've got an arthritic injury rather than a trauma injury, um, then heat is usually the best right. um, because it penetrates into the bones and the joints and it just it feels nice. It encourages good blood flow uh, and you get some relief from it. Yeah. But if it's an injury, as in you've just done it, then cold is cold better. is the best one. Do, we do have quite a few people know um just from kind of Instagram conversations and YouTube conversations. Quite a lot of the crochet clan do have issues with arthritis, um, especially in their wrists. Yeah. Is there any specific advice, or is is the advice that you've already given what they should be following? 
yeah it, it is difficult because arthritis is an inflammation of the joint so it's always going to be there and then by doing a movement that's repetitive you are going to make it worse yeah. um so doing it in moderation making sure that you're taking time out and resting um using your your medication you know all of that is going to help um massage is really good um to try and get some of the blood flow away so arthritis you tend to get lots of swelling um and the swelling then causes the pain yeah. so if you can um before you start your crochet or after you start after you've finished a session just massage into your hands and you always want to massage massage back to the heart um okay. so um you know rubbing over those it tends to be like the thumb area and the, and the fingers yeah. so um you know massaging just any kind of rubbing but push it back that way I never didn't know that. So you're oh, yeah, always, always back to the heart. Always back to the heart. Right. Um, uh, if you were to rub that way constantly, you might make have really fat sausage fingers because you're pushing <laughs> it, and that wouldn't be good for anybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So any any massage in any part of the body is always you should back push to back heart. to the heart. So did not know that. Okay, yeah. that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, but wrist for wrist and arthritis, it's difficult because it's always going to be aggravated so there's a fine balance yeah. you know your body yeah um and particularly you know if it's wet and horrible weather you expect your arthritis to yeah. be worse warm lovely weather you expect it to be it better, be better. Yeah. so there's a lady lovely lady nancy who comes to wool gathering sandbatch the craft group that i run and she i quite often see her with wrist protectors on mm -hmm. and one of the specific questions that we've had from my friend Sharon is whether wrist protectors are actually any good. She has issues with her neck mm -hmm. and can't move it that much. And the um, the movement of crochet really heavily affects her neck. Mm -hmm. And she's found that if she wears a neck brace, it weakens the muscles in her neck. And yeah. she's wondering, is, it that, is that the same thing if she was to use wrist mm -hmm. braces? Would it weaken the muscles? Is it a good thing to do? Or? It's the same principle. Um, ultimately, if you rely on a support to, to support your joint, then that joint doesn't have to work so hard. Yeah. Um, and as with exercise, you wouldn't run a race um, without training. So you want those muscles to be strong to be able to support you to do the job you want to do. Um, so yes, it will weaken the joint. However, if you've got neck problems anyway, and, and wearing a brace helps you to do your job, that helps you to do the crochet, and without it you wouldn't be able to do it, yeah. then again I would say, well, okay, wear it, but don't wear them all the time, and yeah. don't sit and do eight hours worth. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. a real shame. Sharon is a designer, um, and she's gone from holding her hook in a more standard way to trying out knitting because then that was a slightly different set of movements and then eventually it's affected her knitting. Oh, okay. Then she went to Tunisian crochet yeah. and now her neck has been affected by Tunisian crochet. She's tried crocheting the way that I crochet and mm. that seems okay at the moment but she's just really struggling to find a method that works for her that allows yeah. her to support her living yeah. and you know have less pain in her life. There's lots of other things you can do. I mean, you're moving away from crochet slightly, which is absolutely fine, but I definitely would ask her to speak to me because there are so many things you can do for pain management, pain control for chronic conditions. Yeah. Um, and it might be that there's a slightly different way of working or there's a different way of managing the pain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's just so many different things we can talk about. Yeah. Um, acupuncture, different types of herbal remedies, um, looking at the type of diet that she's got. Um, for example, if you've got a diet that's if you're looking at the um chinese medicine um if you've got a diet that's high in acidy kind of foods that's going to create more inflammation in the body right. so you want more alkaline foods and so to reduce the inflammation so there are tons of stuff that okay. we can do so if she wants to have a chat i will 
I will let her know. <laughs> she lives in North Wales, which comes through to our craft group every every yeah. two weeks. So I will. <clears throat> and it's and not it's Thursday, yeah, so. no, doctors have got a medical model, so they are very much what's the problem and how can we treat it with tablets or operations or whatever. Yeah. Nurses, um, we focus on a biopsychosocial model, so we want to look at well. Okay, that's the problem, but how can we fix it using a whole range of loads yeah. of other stuff? It's not this one defined path yeah. and different things for different people exactly. and what will work for them. Yeah, and an attitude and mindset. Yeah. I mean if you if you're a believer in traditional medicines and you know, instead of if you've got a headache taking a chamomile tea instead of taking a tablet, then I'm a tiger bomb girl. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um then then you know, the buy in it, it's going to be better for you yeah. as well because if I if I said to my husband have a chamomile tea you know he'd be like no <laughs> and it would never work yeah he would still have a headache yeah. and he would be so belligerent he would still have a headache even if he didn't have a headache yeah. he'd tell me um but yeah so if if you if, if obviously her driver and her passion is wanting to carry on crocheting yeah. and she's obviously got all these problems then let's explore well what else have you tried what else can we do yeah to, to keep you crocheting she's so talented as well it's like i really would love to see sharon in a space where she's designing again and able to do it i mean her output was phenomenal and she's just it's really um, affected what she can do and that's the point in occupational health where we just think right we've got to really yeah. sort this out now yeah. because the point of when a health condition affects your hobby then it's not right yeah affecting your job yeah it's important because that's obviously what you're going to get paid for yeah. but as soon as it starts affecting a hobby and something that you like doing then enough's yeah. enough yeah. what can we do to change it yeah Excellent. <laughs> right, let's have a look at some of the other questions that we've had. So we've covered the break. Mm -hmm. um, kind of covered the chair. Is there anything else that we should talk about with that, the type of chair that you're in? No, um, just get comfy, but don't tuck your feet under you. Don't cross your legs, you know. And all, yeah. I'm, I'm the world's worst for putting my leg underneath oh. me. Um, just think about blood flow. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to be sitting on your legs, you're going to be restricting your blood flow and you'll be increasing your risk of clots. Does a cat sat on your lap also, does that count for restricting <laughs> your blood flow? No, I think that's oh, really. <laughs> Pom will be very happy about that. Just don't get hair when you work, though. Oh, oh it's constant. <laughs> if you've ever... I ripped out a project the other day and I was gobsmacked by how much cat hair oh. and my own hair was in there and I would try to rip it out so far and be like, no, there another clump of something she's <laughs> delightful yeah bless and <laughs> um, one of the questions we had was are there any kind of pilates type exercises that would help with shoulder elbow neck complaints um well i'm not a pilates instructor so i can't give any specific advice on that but there are lots of um websites here in the uk that have got exercises on for those specific issues yeah and i've got i've got them all on my laptop and i can share them with you brilliant um it, it they're from recognized companies so like arthritis uk um and the charter society of physiotherapy yeah. so i'm not telling people how to do exercises yeah. but what i am saying is these professionals were said to try this yeah. and it might work for you and i think that's something that um i personally want to be really clear on is that these are suggestions yeah. only we're just trying to give you some thinking around your physical health when you are crafting mm -hmm. and we will pinpoint you back to yeah like doctor the or... doctor and you know a load of resources that you can go and look at um that will show you what it is that you can do yeah. so you're taking these suggestions mm -hmm. on on your own yes. basis basically yes 
<laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer, yeah. Well, unfortunately, we we live in a world where people like to sue now. Yeah. And, yeah. We know that more than most in the health profession. I bet so. you do. I yeah. really bet you do. Yeah. So I can, um, I can give you all the links to those. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thank you. And is there anything that crofters should specifically avoid doing? You've just talked about tucking your legs under, which I yeah. hadn't really thought about before. But I don't think there's anything that's that's massive red flag um just work within your limits really yeah. and um i i'm a big believer in planning we've talked about the deadlines and things and don't leave things to the last minute yeah. don't do eight hours worth in one go if you're not used to it yeah um you know planning things in getting yourself comfortable um but not too comfortable that you just sit there yeah so i guess within that then what you could do is if if you want to be sat crafting and you have the capability to do it other than your physical issues, then moving craft from one craft to another oh, yeah. would be one way. So for me, the um, I actually get more pain through knitting than I do through crochet. Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't looked at the physicality of them, what it is. So it, I will quite often, if I'm doing something for knitting, and I start to feel any level of pain, I'll switch it out to crochet for a little while and then come back to the knitting <laughs> and I know that's not a break and I'm going to be better okay. but I, I do just hop from one craft to the next so I yeah. guess that's something else that people could you're do. Cha you're changing up the the requirements of your wrists and your hands so so yes it's it's better. Um, occupational therapists those it's part of their questioning so let's let's say if I said to you um, how long can you walk for before you start to get pain and you yeah. said 10 minutes well that's not how long you can walk for yeah. you can actually only walk for five minutes because then you've got to get back yeah yeah so if you think about with in terms of your knitting you shouldn't get to the painful bit <laughs> before you stop you before <laughs> so yeah. yeah because what tends to happen you, you're the same kind of personality that i am you'll start to feel a niggle i'm just going to finish this push row it. yeah you'll push yourself and then we're not talking irre irreparable damage yeah but we've got those niggles we've got those aches yeah. that already at a cellular level you start to get information yeah um then when you then carry on with your crochet yes it's a better movement for you but that but, information is still there yeah and it can be aggravated so. i suspect that um one of the things that would really help me is having quite a sturdy pillow yeah because with the knitting it's more that both of my hands are further up i, I yeah. knit like um my hands are quite far up it's yeah. much closer and i feel like i'm looking at it more intensely and i wonder if that's size of stitches yeah <laughs> sorry you've got a lovely Children. little child singing <laughs> down the lane <laughs> it's quite cute um, whereas my crochet, I don't know why, but I tend to crochet further away, and that might mm. just be um, to do with eyesight, and that the crochet stitches are bigger. Yeah, maybe. And also the fear of making a mistake in crochet is less because it's easier to rip out and yeah. redo. Whereas knitting, if you make a mistake, is such a bind to pull it back. I I don't know what to do with the ends of your of your knitting needles, and I'm like, do you tuck them under? Do you do no. stick them out? Or? Go to a circular needle, and then you don't have the flappy <laughs> the flappy elbows. So much easier. Um, one of the things that I took to doing, um, because I got quite a bit of neck pain, um, is using a pregnancy pillow. Yeah. Um, and they're the big arched ones. All the way around, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and you can also get breastfeeding pillows, which are a lot denser and harder, yeah. and they sit like a, a bit like a half moon shape around you. Um, and you can rest your elbows on them if you want to, but it tends to be my forearms that yeah. I rest. Um, and then you know you just work away. 
Um, if you think about the weight of your arms, if you're having to hold the weight of your arms up and do movements, and yeah. if you've got neck problems, that can actually be quite And if open. you're working on quite a big, like a blanket, is a yeah. huge amount of weight to yeah. be, and I know you're not taking all of that weight on board, but it is sat on your legs, yeah. and then when you're moving it, yeah. it can be a huge amount of yeah. fabric that you're moving it every time. Yeah, I tend to um, do my blanket work in bed. <laughs> because <laughs> I've got it all spread out and, yeah. it's, and it's not a summer project at all it's obviously no. a winter project um, but I've got it all spread out and then I'm kind of just moving it side to side um, but it's when you then have to turn it and yeah. then carry on um, but then that's good because it's a gross it's... movement you're getting all the blood moving mm. and so it that should be encouraged yeah, yeah. okay I like it. <laughs> um, and one, one of the questions that was asked is and obviously chronic pain and chronic illness is quite a large gambit but do you have any specific advice for people that might be in chronic pain beyond what we've already covered yeah I think we've I think we've covered it really just work within your own limitations um there are lots of painkillers and traditional remedies and things that can help with chronic pain a lot of times the benefit of the crochet from a mental health point of view is worth a little bit of the pain yeah now I'm that's me saying it and I've got chronic pain yeah um so don't let it put you off but work within your limitations. Yeah. You know, um, I think if I was to say to everybody who's got chronic pain, don't crochet, then we'd have a lot of very sick people yeah. mentally and physically. Yeah. Because that, don't forget that moving with arthritis, it keeps those joints moving, it keeps you supple, it keeps you fit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think speed is something to consider as well. Um, I am a, quite a slow crocheter. Um, and that's on purpose because I think as soon as you speed up, you start increasing the risk of injury. Yeah. Um, and especially get to get something done quickly, you know, um, that's when you'll just power through, you'll ignore your body. So if you're just slow and steady, mm-hmm. you're still doing something that you love, you're still enjoying it, but you're not having the risks of of injuring yourself. Yeah. I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts and music when I'm mm. crushed and I've found that the type of music I uh, find the same with driving actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I have happy hardcore on, then I drive quite quickly. Yeah. But I find the same with crocheting yep. with knitting is actually if I have more relaxing, sedate music on, then actually I just take my t- time yep. over it a little bit more, and then if the track changes and something a bit more intense, then I will speed up. So maybe huge thing yeah and uh, and this is the thing for me that my mindset had to change when I got injured um and where does the pleasure come from yeah is the pleasure of crocheting actually the the actual stitches and the repetition and just doing it or is the pleasure from the end goal which is actually finishing the product I hardly ever finish anything at the moment so I I don't have all of that pleasure um but for, for the people who perhaps are in chronic pain just the fact that you're making the stitches should be enough. And yeah. yes, I know we want to get to an end goal, but just take your time. Yeah. We should just be um, enjoying the moment of the fact that we're crocheting, yeah. not that we're finishing a product. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> One that I maybe could uh, take on board a little bit more. I genuinely feel better every day if I've crafted at some level. Yes. And it might be a little bit of dyeing or preparing natural dyes in the pot but just something it makes me feel like I'm in touch with myself and like I've just done something for me it's not about housework it's not about 
cooking. It's not about the it, and although it's my business, it doesn't feel like it's about my business. Yeah. It's about time into me, yeah. and and that kind of restorative recharge of the batteries that's how it makes me feel i saw something on facebook yesterday that was a picture that somebody had drawn in a bullet journal which is another passion of mine but yeah um and it was a picture of a battery that you would see on a phone and it was down to almost zero yeah and it said something along the lines of you wouldn't let this happen to your phone so why do you let it happen to you and self-care is so important yeah it really is and they're doing in in the nhs um in england now we're doing social prescribing which is where if people have got problems um with mental health or physical health the gps are saying go and have a day in a spa or yeah. go and um, see Weight Watchers or go for a walk or do a hobby. And that's yeah. why my GP said to me, you must do crochet every yeah. single day because it's something that gives you pleasure that is for you. And is recharging the batteries. Yeah. and yeah, so important. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, for, like, the takeaways from that for me are take a break. Mm-hmm. Regularly. Every, regularly, every four to five minutes. For me, that to be truthful, it's going to look more like a five-minute break, make a cup of tea, get back to it. Yeah, yeah. But that works for me, and I'm not somebody who's in pain um, with what I do, at least not very often. For me to also extend my exercises, and if I'm doing it for one side of mm-hmm. my body, then try and do it for the other. Mm-hmm. To paddle when I've got my feet up. And my, I know that my feet shift a lot when I'm sat in an upright position. So to make sure I'm paddling and moving my muscles when I'm in... Uh, a kind of foot up position and also to recline because yeah. I've always very consciously been putting my bum to the back of my seat and trying to sit very upright mm. but actually a slight recline is going That's to be fine. better yeah. you're, for you're me. thinking of um, uh, posture with a, a desk and a computer yeah. which, which... this is Matthew this is his fault for um... <laughs> I'm sure he's got a lot to be sorry for but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when you're looking at a computer you're being dictated to by something else by the something that you're looking at so yeah. a computer screen but when you're crocheting it's it's with you yeah. so um one of the best positions that i've ever seen was a real recline like a you know a lazy boy yeah. chair kind of thing that's perfect you're all you're secure you're comfortable um and great there's no pressure on any of your joints right but you shouldn't get too comfy that you don't want to move you don't want to move yeah, yeah. okay um also the use of a pillow i think would be really yeah. good and that thing and i do try and do it but I, ha- I only remember to do it when i think i've got an issue which is to look up and away yeah. and focus and when i do that and i try and look um because of where i sit in the kitchen that's where i sit most often to craft and i can see through two of our doorways mm. and that's where i try and focus in as the fireplace in our dining room mm. and then what i consciously do after that is lift my crafting up so i'm trying to do it at that height but i know that over time Mm. it goes down and my neck goes down so i think just being a little bit more aware of keeping that upright in my yeah in my neck and looking further away than just at my crocheting yeah helpful if i think because crochet is looking down a lot if if, if, when i send you the exercises so if you concentrate on a lot of neck stretches and you know releasing that tension that would be really useful as well yeah and then I guess the other takeaways for me were about the um, using the cream instead yeah. of um, a tablet if I am in, in pain with it. And, uh, yeah, just being a little bit more aware of listening to my body before it gets to yeah. Don't a danger point. To, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm really quite in tune with my body, so, I'm, yeah, I think I just I push it. I know I do. 
but it's it, your task focus you've got you want something to be finished yeah. um, and that's the end goal whereas my goal is just to sit and crochet yeah and enjoy and I enjoy that bit as well <laughs> it's really definitely and I time my that yeah I am my words I am my own worst enemy because I time myself and I compete with myself oh my goodness <laughs> I'm such honestly well, I'm such an idiot in industry the biggest risk is when there's time constraints yeah because a job can be safe until you increase the speed at yeah. which the job is done. Yeah. So you shouldn't do that. I know. But I'm so <laughs> self-competitive. I'll be like, well, it took me this long to do that last row. I wonder if I can do it more quickly, which, you know, that is not what I should be doing with my crochet. So I've, I've taken some really good lessons back from this. Thank good. you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for spending time with us. I know that lots of the people that are going to watch and listen will have some really good takeaways from this and like we said we'll back it up with the resources that are available yeah. so there will be the normal show notes and within the show notes i'll provide links um to all of the resources that Lindsay has kindly given us out but within that what i'll also do is provide all of your contact details yeah. because you're Staffordshire based aren't you? Uh, yeah the office is in Staffordshire but we provide a national coverage and yeah. um, we have to be careful when we offer advice outside of the UK because um, I'm a registered nurse in the UK yeah. only um, but I'm more than happy to give people um, have a chat with people and give them advice um, as long as they recognize that it's only advice and I'm not prescribing yeah. anything. Yeah and I think that's <laughs> a real take out this is advice only there is no prescription here Um, take a look at the resources and follow your own path basically yeah. we're not telling you what to do here we're just making suggestions yes perfect thank you thank you very much <laughs> lovely to have you on yay <laughs> bye bye, bye, -bye. <laughs>